1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning. And we're going to start this morning with the REMAX 2020 outlook for York Region. What do you see? You know, uh, Tina, the the market has been really hot in York Region, and you know we're expecting a bounce back of about twenty six percent as an increase for units sold, which is huge because York Region was one of the hardest hit markets last year. So that's great to see. How does that play out? Inventory is down over twenty percent in York Region right now, and if you remember two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, when sales were up, inventory was down. That really affected price. So we were seeing huge price gains in York Region. This year, we're probably going to finish at about a 1.8%, 2% increase in terms of average price for York Region. Next year, if inventory continues to decline and sales continue to increase at their torrid pace, we're looking at about a 3.5% increase in price for York Region. With about 10 days to go in 2019, let's talk about the average residential sales price. What does that look like compared to 2018? So right now, Tina, we've got an average sale price around the $933,000, range in York Region. And last year, in 2018, the average sale price in York Region was $915,713. So you're looking at about a $30,000 increase, $25,000 increase for York Region itself. And what that means is for all the people that were waiting because they're waiting for the other shoe to fall or, you know, they're, they're waiting for something to happen that would curb the price increases for York Region. It clearly doesn't happen. I mean, real estate is something that continues to appreciate year over year. And you might have a slow month or a slow quarter, but over the course of the year, the price for a property is going to increase. So there's no sense in waiting it out or trying to time a real estate market. The best time to get into a real estate market is right now. So what is the average price in terms of forecasting for 2020? We're forecasting it to be about $965,000 on average in York Region for 2020. So again, that's a 3.5% increase. York Region, consistent growth throughout York Region over the you know, last 15, 20 years, you saw an average price increase of 6 to 8%. And that's a pretty healthy increase. So we're not hitting that right now. So in terms of deals, if you were to say, hey, I need a real estate deal, price is going up 3.5%. That is a deal. So the best time, again, is to to get into the market right now. And that way, you're capitalizing on the appreciation later on because a twenty dollars or $30,000 extra payment in terms of house price for somebody could be the difference between them getting into a market and not getting into a market. So the faster they do, the better chance they have of making some money on real estate. And what is driving the demand specifically in York Region? And what are those hot neighborhoods across York Region? You know, the the demand is driven by uh, schools. We've had foreign buyers come back to the market. You know, the, the thing with the 
foreign buyer taxes, if they're actually moving here to live here, the tax doesn't apply. It's only for investors that that makes a difference. And a lot of these foreign buyers are coming back and they're moving here with their families for a better life. And that way, you know, that 15% extra doesn't affect them. And even if it does, it's the price of doing business in Canada for them now. So it, they're not being scared off anymore by that. It was an adjustment period, just like any rule change has an adjustment period or a break-in period of three to six months. And that's what we saw here. And York Region continues to be driven by people looking at it as an investment because the price always does climb. They're looking at it from a school perspective to say, hey, we have the best schools here. This is where I want my kids to be educated. And it's just the the mix in the area. It's just a great place to live. And that's what people are seeing. And what about those hot neighborhoods? The hottest neighborhoods in York Region, Tina, continue to be driven by the the larger area. So Markham, Richmond Hill, Vaughan. And if you think about where all of the condo developments are coming up or have been built over the last few years, it's Markham, Richmond Hill, and Vaughan. So you've got a lot of people moving in to these areas, and that's what's driving growth. Well, let's talk then about the condo market. Who is that typical buyer of the condo in uh, in 2019? Single people, millennials, young couples, they tend to be driving the condo market because that's their entry point into the market. They want to get into real estate and that's a very affordable price point at about, you know, an average of $480,000. That gets you a one bedroom and a den in in a nice area in Markham, Richmond Hill, Vaughan. And that's what's that's what's coming into the market. It's these younger people saying, I don't want to throw my money away renting. I want to purchase a property. And I can't go out and buy that detached house right now on one income. But I can get into a condo and then eventually flip it into a house. So these are first-time buyers primarily? Primarily, yes. Or people that were living with their parents and uh, away at school and they're coming back with uh, money that they've saved up and they're putting it into real estate. Now, what about in terms of the luxury market here in York Region? What does that typical buyer look like and what is the starting price for a luxury home here in York Region? So for York Region, you're looking at a price point of $1.5 million and up and what that's going to get you is a single family detached home. And typically for the luxury market, you've got move up buyers. So, you know, they're in a, a regular 2,500 square foot home that and they want to move up. You've also got an interesting phenomenon happening right now where they're moving in with their parents. So they're selling their home and their parents' home and they're moving into these luxury homes to give them more space, a better house, and the family unit is growing. So now you've got multiple families living in these luxury properties. And the third thing is foreign buyers. They want to come in and they want to maintain the lifestyle that they had back home. They don't mind spending for a home because that is their greatest asset. So they're putting their money into luxury homes as well. When we come back, how to manage your holiday debt. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the show is Asif Kassim from the Integrity Tree. Asif, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me, guys. Asif, 
you know, we're heading into the last few days before Christmas. All the ladies are done their Christmas shopping and the guys are just about to start. And there's a lot of anxiety <laughs> out there with, you know, these bills that are going to be coming in. Tell us a little bit about what you hear from your clients as we head into and out of Christmas. Well, I'm not sure the anxiety has started yet. It will come January 1st, though. When those bills start coming in, then they're going to start seeing uh, some major spending that they have done over the last month or so. And... uh it's it's a different place now than it used to be. We used to walk into stores with our credit cards in hand and buy things, and we're a little bit more cognizant of what we're buying and how we're spending when we're using a credit card in hand. Now, with online shopping and Amazon, which seems to be everyone's favorite go-to, we tend to spend easily, much more easily, without paying attention to what we're buying and how much we're spending. Well, especially because all our credit card information is recorded on our phones and our computers, and all you're doing is hitting checkout. You don't have to pull out your credit card, enter any numbers. It's already on there, and a lot of times you don't even know how much you've spent. Yes, easy to spend. Much, much easier than it used to be, and I suspect there's going to be a lot of uh, shocked faces when the credit card bills comes in because I don't think many people are prepared for how much how much money they've spent in the last month or so. So what do we do? How do we manage that debt? So what happens typically, and this is more of a January, February thing, is clients will start looking at how much equity do they have in their home. Uh, and unfortunately, one of the first things they reach to do is let's refinance the home. Let's pay off all of that 18, 19% credit cards at a lower rate in the low threes. And that's a good idea? That's what you should be doing then? Well, from an interest cost uh, savings, yes, that's not a bad idea. Now, there are additional costs. You have to go through the paperwork, you have to get the appraisal, legal fees, all that sort of stuff, which is going to cost you a few dollars. But then to consolidate it into a home, it's easier for cash flow purposes. And, and this is what people are talking about when when they're talking about debt getting to dangerous levels. It's it's not actually the mortgage portion of it. It's the refinanced portion of your homes or you know what you have on your credit cards. Isn't that what they're talking about? This is essentially what the government was trying to save us from, from making it easy for us to refinance our homes. I mean, the, uh, another topic altogether would be why don't you just lower the ability to have unsecured debt? That would be a great idea, I think. But um, people are going in now, refinancing their home, taking out equity so that they can pay down their 19% credit cards um, and pay off uh, whatever additional debts they may have. In addition to that, some of them are taking out money so they can make RSP contributions. So it's a good idea to be looking ahead to that time as well. Definitely want to consider and plan ahead because there are things that go into this. You don't just show up at the bank tomorrow and say, hey, can we refinance? It's a process. And with that, with RRSP season coming, I mean, we're already getting calls from banks and, and financial institutions saying, hey, have you thought of what you're going to be doing in January and February for your RRSP contribution? Are you getting those calls now or is it too early? Are people still in shopping mode? And once they come out of that, is that when you start getting those? And and what are the benefits of you know borrowing from your home for that RRSP contribution? Because this is money that's going back in your pocket. Well, I would say that at this point of the year, people aren't thinking RSPs. That's normally the second, third week of January. Then they start moving ahead with that. And in January, they start thinking about taxes as well. So this is also partially when 
they start looking to refinance, speak with their accountant so that they can assess not only RSPs, but assess also what are the tax implications that are coming and will they need some equity or what are their consolidation plans for the year. And with regards to leveraging to make RSP contributions, it comes down to your comfort level. Every individual is so different. Some may love the idea and some are against borrowing to make RSP contributions. Asif, what do you, what, what's the one message that you can give our listeners as to, as they come out of the holiday season, what's the first step they should be doing? You know, is it evaluating how much they spent? Is it talking to you about how they can consolidate all their unsecured debt? What's the first thing that you would advise them to do? With my history of doing this, I've always looked at it from one angle first. Get rid of the high interest rate debts as soon as possible. Pay them down. Start with the smallest credit cards, pay them down, and as soon as they're paid off, put them to the side, don't use them again, and start tackling it one by one. Don't look at it and say, how do I do all of this all at one shot? Because it's going to be, uh, I would say, something, it's hard for people to overcome. You look at it, you're it's very, overwhelming. It's very overwhelming, right? So I would say that your best bet, stand back, assess where you stand first, and then create a budget. And I think budgeting is very important for everybody. Understand your money coming in and the money going out, and then start tackling it bit by bit. Now, if you need to refinance your home, speak with your mortgage professional, and then assess if that's the right decision there. And this is the time of year when you know, we, we set goals for our businesses, and we spend so much time evaluating them, how we're going to accomplish them. We need to just sit back and do that with our finances as well. Oh, for sure. I think, I think on a quarterly basis, especially if you're an entrepreneur, actually, if you're an entrepreneur, it's probably month to month. You look at your finances, you look at uh, how you're running your business, what's the cash flows coming in, and you know what are your receivables looking like, and then how are you going to pay these bills? And what about in terms of credit cards? Is your advice to keep one credit card on hand, or should you have multiples? Well, there's a different school of thought on this. Uh, some people will like to have access to the credit even if they don't use it. So let's say I have four or five credit cards, but I only keep one on me and have the other three at home. Then at least if in emergency I need to borrow funds, I have access to it. Now, many consumers don't have that type of restraint where they can hold back. So if that's the case, you want to have at least two credit facilities available to you. Typically, it's a MasterCard or a Visa, and then cut up the rest. And the reason being is if you can't control it, you're going to spend it. And if you're going to spend it, you're going to end up in more problems. Now, refinancing, this is not an annual thing that people should be looking at. This is maybe once every five years or six years that they look at this. This isn't a message that you're going to be sending out to say, hey, go out and spend all the money you want, then just refinance your home, right? I'm against the idea of that, and, and many of us in the industry are against the idea of refinancing on a regular basis. The whole idea is you want to pay down your mortgage as soon as possible. It's a great instrument to help pay down high debt if you're in that situation, but it shouldn't be a recurring theme every year. If there is a recurring theme, there's probably a different conversation to be had. Uh, so looking ahead to 2020, if people want to plan ahead and you know have their finances set up so that they're not you know, getting anxious as they head out of the holiday season. What do you recommend they do at that point? Like, when should they start working on this uh, Christmas season plan? Well, what happens is I would recommend prior to even going uh, going shopping for Christmas, assess how much money do you plan on spending. Have a budget for that. Often people walk into shopping with a 
blank slate and say, hey, let's just start shopping and, and not realize how much you're spending. So you need to, be, need to be prepared jumping in first. But then come January, when all of those bills come in within the first week or so of January, sit back and start assessing what is the next tw- uh, 12 months going to look like and how do we do that. January is a great time of the year to set the tone for the rest of the year. And looking ahead to 2020, is it a good time to invest uh, or is it a time for restraint and maybe paying off some of your debts? I think it's always, no matter where, what time of the year and what year it is, paying off debt first is always a priority over investing. Uh, now, it depends on what we're investing into. I'm not opposed to investing in large things uh, that will give you a higher rate of return. But if you can knock off the higher interest rate costs first, that's probably in your benefit. Uh, so if you were telling me offline about this spreadsheet that you've created that allows people to budget their spending for the entire year and see as they're going into different seasons what they're obligated to pay and what they want to pay. And that spreadsheet could benefit all of our listeners. So if they want a copy of that spreadsheet, how do they get a hold of you? They'd reach me at 416-561-1258, or they can get a hold of me at www.integritytree.ca. Terrific. Thanks for being here. Thank you. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Ken in Markham. He noticed a real estate sign in his neighborhood recently that reads, Exclusive Listing. What does this mean, and how does he arrange to see the property? Asif? Great question, Ken. And, you know, you typically see this on a main street. Like if you have a property on Young Street and a lot of people are driving by, you've got that exposure. And, you know, some people feel they don't need to be on the MLS. I mean, the MLS is the biggest marketing tool that realtors have. But if somebody feels that they don't want to go on the market, and typically it's people that say, you know, I just want this one agent to sell my property. I don't want any other agents showing it. And this is how I want to operate. That's what an exclusive listing is. It's, it's only for that agent that has the sign out there, has the, the exclusive contract to sell that property. So you're not actually being uh, able to advertise it to other agents and get them working for you. Does that exclusive agent usually have a client or a buyer already in mind? They could. I, I mean, if the sign is up, that means they don't. Otherwise, they would be able to complete that transaction Forthwith, but without even listing, without even listing it. So if uh, if they're putting it out, it's usually because people think that they can get a better deal without having to list it on the MLS and having to cooperate with other agents. It's very rare that you get a good deal when you list exclusively, and you have to have the traffic to back up your exclusive listing. 
because the MLS is where you get exposure. And the MLS is syndicated with a, a bunch of sites that you don't get with an exclusive listing. You don't get that marketing. So if you're really confident that you have a very high traffic area, if you're in the back of a subdivision, it doesn't make any sense to do an exclusive listing. If you're right on Young Street or if, if you are on a main road that you have a lot of exposure in front of a school maybe, then it may make sense to do an exclusive listing because you're going to get people looking at that all the time. Otherwise, it's not a great move. Now, Ken wanted to take a look at this property. Basically, you're telling him that's a no-go at this stage of the game. No, no, you can take a look at that property. You just have to call the uh, person that has listed it exclusively. Okay. And, I mean, if Ken is in a contract uh, or a buyer agency agreement with another realtor, he can get their realtor to call and see if they cooperate because you don't want to get into a situation where, you know, you're you're being represented by the person that is has a signed contract with the seller in that exclusive agreement. Absolutely. Okay, our next question comes from Linda in Richmond Hill. She is the owner of a lakeside cottage and wants to know whether she should sell and fund her retirement, and if she decides to sell, what is the best time of year to do so? Another great question. So with cottages, you want to be able to showcase them in the best possible light. And, you know, some cottages, if they have access, 12-month access, if they have, you know, the snow being cleared, you could actually show it during the winter time, and you have less competition. So you may get a, a better price. If it's a, a seasonal road that leads to your cottage, you may not even be able to show it until March or April. So... You, what you want to do is make sure that you are able to showcase that property the best way that you can in order to get the best price for it, and you want to have as much traffic to that property as possible. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can give me a call at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. And just before we go, this week's hot listing, and joining us next is Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thank you, Tina. This week's hot listing is a spectacular three-bedroom ranch-style house sitting on about two acres of land. This home has been updated. It has a great open-concept layout, a finished basement. But the best thing about this property is what is on the land. It's got a heated barn, a 30-by-40-foot workshop, and it's been landscaped. It's even got a pond with a waterfall. Asif, what do you think about this property? You had me at heated barn. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> property, a huge lot. And just think about what you can get in the Markham, Stouffville, Richmond Hill area for around a million dollars. And this is incredible value at a million seventy-five dollars. That's million seventy-five thousand dollars. And what is a ranch-style house? Is that a bungalow? It's a bungalow, but if you think about bungalows, sometimes you're thinking, "Wow, it's a smaller footprint." A ranch-style bungalow, you've got a huge footprint, so you know you've got a lot of space in this property, and at the same time, you've got that luxury of having just the one floor. So this is good for. You know, younger couples, seniors, this this property attracts everybody. Heather, one more time, the highlights of this property, the list price, and where our listeners can get more information. It's a three-bedroom ranch-style home. It's sitting on about two acres of land. This property is located on York-Durham Line between Vivian Side Road and York-Durham Line. It's listed for $1,075,000. And for more information, they can contact Steve Fleming at 905-478-1101. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.